We are back, live, and in living color. Welcome to the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. I am your host, Matt. Joining me as always, Rhodesia and Ishan, co-host extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, give it to me. How are you guys doing? What's doing up? I'm good. great. I'm do this, guys. Woo. As How you, you doing, Matt? Here, yeah, we are, uh, of course, on our uh, high of an episode. This is now episode five for us. Uh, we had episode one last week. Thank you to all that listened last week. We appreciate your support. Most importantly, we appreciate your holes for rocking with us last week. Got more good stuff for you this week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, actually. So we'll be another fun edition of the TFW pod. So let's get right into it. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some freaking wrestling. As you guys know, we had Dynamite uh, this week. Happened on Wednesday night. That show was jam-packed with uh, a lot. It was a lot going on. You know, like when they, AW first started, they talked about being a buffet for folks. Hey, you may not like this, but there's going to be something on the show. It seemed like they got back to that because there was a ton of returns and surprises and video packages on uh, last night. Let's kind of get into the high-level pieces of that. Let's start with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, wow. To Jeff Jarrett. Uh, as I said on Twitter, uh, guy works hard. Jeff Jarrett works harder. <laughs> that man has shown up on every promotion. It seems like doing every job. It seems like in the company, check this out. He has worked for Jim Crockett promotions, the AWA, TNA, NWA, WCW, WWE, and AEW. Just this I year? I don't know. <laughs> that's, no, that's not all this year. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's a lot. I don't know if anybody that has, has had that type of run. Ishan, can you think of anybody that is, you know, of course, a major player, you know, in, in wrestling that's had anywhere close to working for that many promotions? No. Son of a promoter, too. So, I mean, his family hustles, so it's probably in him to do this. So, no, good point. I mean, he mentioned how many times I'm third generation at this last night. So this is in their blood. It is. Um, I didn't think it was the best night for Jared. He could talk. So I'm not worried about Jared. He can talk people in the building. Uh, but last night was not the best night for him on the microphone. Uh, but it was it was it was fun to see him because who in the world would have thought we would have seen Jeff Jarrett in an AEW ring in 2022. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, we had the elite promo video package. I got a little worried seeing that one. I still liked it. Uh, I loved the first one. We talked about that last week on the show. This one, I was a little worried because it gave me the feeling of they're coming back to get the trios titles. And, hey, I I'm okay with them coming back to wrestle for the trios titles. But what I'm not okay with is if that's like it. If that is just the mission statement of we're coming back to reclaim what we never lost. I think it needs to be more than that. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts on last night's uh, Elite promo video? So I was actually excited because it's these little drops that they've been doing last week and then this week. 
Um, as far as what you just said there, I'm actually kind of excited for them to come back for the trios belt. I mean, they didn't really lose it. it you know, it, it was forfeited based off of what happened. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think them being VPs, I don't know if they're VPs still at this moment, um, kind of always been kind of a gray area. Are they more of executive team? Are they more wrestler? But I'm excited because they all can go in the ring. So for me, I am very excited for them to come back for the trios match. Or for the trio's belt. Look, Rhodesia, Matt, you can't kick in those waving faux foes, knocking out teeths from dogs. They got to lose them titles. But look, all seriousness, um, of course they're coming back for the trio's titles. I mean, the, the trio's titles were created for them, right? So, you know, they want to continue that storyline. They want to, you know, they want to go back to that. So like I'm 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 actually excited to see what they had planned for that run. Um so I'm very interested to see them back. I, I think the company needs them back too. So I think it's a really good thing. No, I no. of course I, I want them going for the titles, but I don't want that to be the big thing of coming back. Like I said, I, I think they had an opportunity or have an opportunity to make this a, a really big coming out party for them, you know, coming back. Like like I said, I know they can't speak about the litigation issues and, and punk by name, but I want to just give me a little bit more meat to it. But before we move on, Ishan, what did you say? Kicking in doughs and you got fofos. What, what was that? Kick, you can't be kicking in doughs, waving fofos, kicking in teefses on little doggies. Hey, but real quick though, right before we uh, segue, I thought the show was really great. Um, I got a few highlights from the show really quick. Um, I think Jay Lethal as a heel is great. Man, his mannerisms, some of the things he was doing in transition between his different moves, I think his work is excellent. Shouts out to him. Um, now, staying with the, the, the Jeff Jarrett thing, um, like that Carter reveal of him being the Sting fake, man, like that was weak. Like that whole faction has like the weakest reveals. Like, you know, when Sting, <laughs> right, when he got uh, revealed, they turned the lights out. And they turned the lights on, they're like, who? Right, like who, 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 and, and and of course we know last night was a setup for Jared, right? It was the whole okay, we're gonna show one person and then really give you the big reveal. But um, Carter may be a nice guy, but as a character on television, that was not the spot to highlight him as defecting with the new group. Uh, yeah, like, I agree with you one hundred percent there. That moment was just a what the moment, right? Like they could have cut that out and we could have got the same result and had the same feeling with Jeff coming back. Um, so for me, look, I'm sure Carter's going to do great and it's a great addition for that faction, but like that one it, and they could have skipped that. Um, also want to go talk about Ethan Page. I love his, his run right now. I think he's finally getting that due. I think he can be a great, great heel. Uh, I'm not sure I mean invent heel, but I love that they're going to try to present him that way. Um, and speaking of great heels, like what happened to Ricky Starks? Ricky, slick Ricky. What what did what did they do with my boy Ricky? He ain't been on the show in a while. That man can talk, 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 and we ain't seen him on the show in weeks. So you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to do a great job in his role. But I'd love to see Ricky in a similar type of a role. Um, oh, and lastly, guys, like yo, how good was Rick Ross? Oh, oh, like how good <laughs> was Rick Ross? Man, look, and did you know that uh, that whole segment was like one shot? Like, a natural, as you said. Um, I thought it was a really, really great job. I mean, that man, you know, he's winning from music to, to, to wings 
to to wrestling. That man don't miss, man. So I I really enjoyed last night's show. Um, like it was a little accusations, (laughs) accusations. It's a little slow, maybe, but I think it was great character building, storyline building. So we talked about dynamite. So at this point, I know we'll talk about full gear in a few weeks, but when and how did they just slide in Jamie Hader going for the belt against Tony Storm? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Unlimited air holes. When When did that happen? Unlimited, yes. <laughs> well, so not the last night, slick. but it kind of came yeah. out of nowhere, and they had a fantastic video package too to kind of supplement to kind of talk about their past before. If you didn't know that they were friends, things of that nature, that's the stuff they that AEW has been missing. Man, it was so good. Yeah, it'd be nice if they did that like for a couple of weeks. <laughs> they do it in a video package, <laughs> but we got three weeks. Again, you're right. We got yeah. a while, yep. so like it's it's good. Like I said, great. Two I, weeks, I loved actually. it. Two weeks. I loved it. Great storyline development. I love the pictures. Um, I, hey, those those some good looking girls. They both can go. Uh, I'm looking forward to their few. So yeah, let's go with that. Anything about the daddy ass birthday bash bash celebration? No, I I thought it was good. You know, last time they did the their segment, it was the highest highest rated segment on the on Dynamite that week, which goes back to once again show that hey. We are all for entertainment if the entertainment is done right. Uh, I know the ratings did come out earlier today. I did not get a chance to look at them and kind of deep dive them to see what the segments look like. But I'm going to assume uh, it probably performed in a similar fashion compared to the rest of the show. Uh, but to, um, it, I, I thought it was good overall. I, I thought it was a thumbs up segment. I like how they hey, had I'm- the crowd engagement on there and they had yeah. got the, the scissors from the little kid. I don't know if it was a plan or not, but it was a pretty cool moment. Hey, I know I'm going out and buying some uh, foam scissors, though. They'll be they'll be up there next week. It, it, it reminded <laughs> me of the old school, like back in the day, like the fingers. You know, Hogan had one. Macho Man had one. Uh, Austin had one. The Rock had no the doubt. Bumble Bull. Like that kind of stuff is it, really cool to see that they, they still go with it. Because you don't see many of those anymore. So, And once again, they, they got one of the biggest reactions every single week. That, when that beat drops, the pop from the crowd. And they only had about, you know, 28, 2,900 people. In the crowd last night, it sounds like it's ten thousand when they come out. So once again, shout out to AEW. They they did them perfectly with being homegrown talent. Just seeing how far they've come in just two years is really incredible. Uh, so once again, shout out to them. Um, I did want to kind of double back to something that that you did talk about. You talked about Rick Ross. We got to shout out Swerve. Let me give the round of applause for that man. He has done so much in regards to bringing hip hop and hip-hop style and flavor and rappers and personalities to AEW. Uh, Last night was just another example of that. And he's done it, you know, previously numerous times. If you're not following on Twitter, I do want to share a quick story of what happened between Bow Wow and Jade. I think it was Monday night. Uh, Bow Wow definitely had himself a day on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, once again, talk about Swerve. Uh, He was on a interview segment. And he says, you know, since he's been talking about doing some stuff on social media for like the last year, talking about Bow Wow, but I have yet to see any video footage or training. I want Bow Wow. Yeah, I want to see Shad Moss get in the ring since he's been talking about that so much on social media. He continued to say, I'm calling you out. I know you got connections with training with Rikishi. That's cool. Get your training in. I want you in AEW. 
You responded to me on Twitter, too. I need you to back up those words, homie. So that was from Swerve uh, either Sunday or Monday. All right. Bow Wow then responds via tweet, where do I sign? Then he says, Bow Wow, this is, after my first win, I want to take you out somewhere. Talking about Jade. Uh, so he added Jade on Twitter. If you guys don't know Jade, she comes with it on Twitter. If you do not come correct, she will put you in your place. And she absolutely did that to Bow Wow. So then what she said was, uh, you can't afford me, Bow. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> she then says, I'm just kidding. It was a jokey joke. Bow Wow came from some more. Bow Wow states, I definitely knew you were kidding when you brought up money. And then it all went down the drain after that. So then Bow Wow says, you a 90s baby, Jay. I've been getting money before you could put your first sentence together. You fine and all, but don't crash out. Love you, baby. Jay goes, my man makes your bank look like little Bow Wow, baby. Don't come for me. We have play dates with your money. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Brandon Phillips is her boyfriend. He's a professional baseball player. Uh, professional baseball players have guaranteed contracts. So their money is really, really long. Of course, I think she sent another one out kind of just, you know, saying, hey, just kind of joking. But uh, I did want to just highlight that just in case you guys are not on Twitter. But I did want to shout out hiphopwire.com. They did highlight uh, our tweet in their article through that little spat uh, with Bow Wow and Jade. So shout out to them for recognizing TFW. And give us a follow on Twitter, of course, if you have not, at That's FNW. Um, Rhodesia, you did bring up Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm in two weeks. I think that match is going to be fantastic. We have to bring up, of course, Shibata as well. Shibata showed up. Um, if you guys don't know Shibata, he is a New Japan legend. Uh, luckily, still alive. He had an issue where he took some headbutts in the match, and he almost died. This was years ago. Uh, they never thought he would wrestle again, and he's back wrestling. So God bless him. But uh, he said there was two matches in AEW that he wanted. One was Orange Cassidy. We're getting that Friday. Ishan, we're also getting Ricky Starks on Rampage with a live mic. That should be entertaining to see what he has to say. He also said the second person he wants to wrestle is Brian Danielson. Hook that right into my veins. Sell, you already got me sold. So I don't know if we're going to get that on full gear or coming down the line, but we are going to have Shibata for at least two matches in AEW. So overall, those are kind of my big, big highlights from uh, Dynamite before we get into probably the big, big story coming out of AEW right now, which is Colt Cabana showing back up on television. Was there anything else that you guys had that you wanted to speak about with Dynamite before we move on to the big elephant in the room, which is Colt Cabana being back on AEW TV? Nope. I'm just happy to see again hip-hop in wrestling just because I love hip-hop and I love wrestling. I mean, even Lamar Jackson was there last night too, so that was actually really cool. And he was so shy when they called him out, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Jericho, I'm good. Yeah, Jericho, he, he's, he's hilarious for that. <laughs> hilarious for that. What'd you have, Ishan? No, that's it. But, you know, this is going back to Shibata, actually. I think this might be his first official wrestling match since his injury. Um, because I don't think he's uh, officially cleared in New Japan, mm. or they won't clear him. So I believe this is actually really, you know, that so much happened, as you said, on AEW. 
that that's not even on my list. I, you know, it just slipped my mind. But yeah, yeah, this is huge. This is his first wrestling match back since that accident, and it's also very interesting that New Japan won't put him in the ring, but AEW will. And now he's going to potentially have not one but two matches against two high caliber opponents. So, man, like us fans, we're in for a treat. We are. We we really are. Um, all right, let's get to it. Coca Banda has returned to AEW television. Twitterverse exploded last night. So if you guys don't know the significance, I'll run it down really, really, really quick. Uh, Coke and Banna and CM Punk used to be best friends when uh, Punk was in WWE. Punk leaves WWE after he got fired. He goes on to Coke Cabana's podcast, throws everything out there, tells all the stories about what happened when he was at WWE, him being fired on his wedding day, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they then proceed to get sued from the doctor that works in WWE. Punk says some things on the podcast surrounding he wasn't handled with care. The doctor uh, in WWE didn't do his job. So that's kind of where the relationship strained. According to Colt Cabana and his people or reports, if you want to hear that, is Punk said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll pay for, um, I think it was Punk, right? They said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll pay for our legal fees. Whoever said it between those two, that didn't happen. So now they are button heads, right? They are no longer cool. They don't talk to each other. Fast forward, CM Punk is now in AEW. And then once he shows up to AEW, Colt Cabana kind of disappears from AEW TV. Shows up last night. And now, and my question to you guys. Coca-Mana returned to AEW TV, taking it all into account. His television persona, the backstage pieces. Is it a big deal? Is it a little deal? Or is it no deal? Well, you know what? Um, when I watched the segment, or I saw, I saw Coke come out, and I thought to myself, like, man, was Tony Khan telling the entire truth a couple months ago when he said that CM Punk had nothing to do with Colt being off TV? And just to set the stage a little further, you know, like, Colt was a prominent member of Dark Order um, months ago, right? But he had became kind of a background member of that entire group. At one point, he was one of the more known members of the group. But somehow he just ended up being in the background. You, you didn't hear him talk very much. You didn't hear him. You didn't see him wrestle very much. Right. Uh, and so right around that time period when he started getting phased out, a lot of the talent that was signed early on with AEW contracts started getting uh, released. They started getting phased out. And to be quite honest with you, Coach's contributions to the company were very low at that time period. So to me, it seemed like it just was like a, a, a natural coincidence that pumps coming in. Coach being phased out. Um, but now when you actually watch what happened last night and the reaction to him coming back, maybe it was the case all along. You know, maybe inadvertently, maybe uh, Coach didn't force him out because of Pump. Um, but it certainly seemed that way last night. What say you, Rhodesia? I'll be honest with you. So to that point with Colt Cabana, I don't really want to see him on television as much. So when you mentioned that he was kind of like initially part of the Dark Order and then kind of phased out to be kind of the background members of Dark Order, I think that's okay. I think that he's a veteran in the business and his job there is to try to um, develop the young talent. 
uh, from the whole issue with Colt and CM Punk, I'm not too familiar with it outside of what you have mentioned already. Um, but as far as for Colt, I don't think there's anything extra. I think I even saw something that said that his appearance last night was just a, a possibly a one and done and nothing there. But I will say when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we will never see Punk again in AEW television. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't I don't see much of it. It was just somebody coming out. I think um, Tony wanted to have that pop. He wanted to have that excitement and he had him, you know, wrestle Jericho. But I don't really think there's much to it as far as what we'll see next from him. But but I, I'm interested to see. So then you're saying big deal, little deal or no deal. Everything in its totality. <laughs> the optics is that. Hey, it's a huge deal because my initial thought was, holy S-H-I-T. That means Punk will never be on AEW TV again. So I would say in totality, sure, it's a big deal. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be anything much more than he was a former ROH champion at a Jericho Open Invitation. Okay. Really good call. Uh, Ishan, I don't think you gave your answer to that. Big deal, little deal, no deal. I got to be honest, in a long term, no deal. I mean, before Punk got there, he became a background character on a joke group. I mean, look, okay. I know that they became over, right? The, you know, yep. really, John Silver was phenomenal. And, you know, but for the most part, those guys were, uh, what's the, I don't want to say they were jobbers is disrespectful. Um, and enhancement talent is, is might be saying too less, but... The Dark Order, you know, didn't really win big matches. So he was a background character. He didn't really talk. He didn't really wrestle. So, yeah, as Rhodesia said, I mean, he came back for uh, Invitational, you know, to, to lose to Jericho. Um, it, got the, it got the wrestling world talking for the, in the short term. And it definitely optics, as Rhodesia said again. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's, like it's, it's a slap to the face to Punk. Right. Um, but Tony, but Tony said that it was never about punk. He said it was his decision and he wanted to move him to ROH. So short, long, short term. Yeah. It gets everybody talking like, Oh, coach back. Right. But we, if he comes back, what is he going to do? He's going to lose to everybody. You know, he's going to sit on the bench and average a thousand claps. You know, I, I, I don't know. Right. So long term, no deal. Short term. Yeah. It gets us talking. I definitely was interested in talk about and see the reactions on Twitter. That's for sure. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have it as a big deal and I have it as a big deal with the assumption that this shows there is no longer an allegiance to punk from Tony Khan and AEW. Sure. Um, I don't think there's any other way to look at this. Cole Cabana as a wrestler. No, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but him being at the shows, him being a day one AEW person, us knowing that the elite will be back much, much sooner rather than later. Now we see Colt. You can only take that. You can take it a couple of ways. One, you can take it as, Hey, we're going to use Coca Cabana while punk is injured. And then when punk comes back, if he ever comes back to AEW, Colt will be on the ROH side. And then punk will be back in AEW. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it as punk's not coming back. And this is our way to show you that, Hey, we're riding with our originals. So I do think it's a big deal. Uh, I think from a fan perspective, it's also a big deal just due to all the tribalism we see in professional wrestling. I saw so much 
online yesterday and even for like the past week and a half or so surrounding, oh, my God, what happens if CM Punk comes back to WWE? And, yes, that would be a big deal, right? Wherever he goes is a big deal. If he goes back to AEW, it's a big deal. If he goes to WWE, it's a big deal. But it's so much of that tribalism of the same people that were booing him and hating him in AEW will love him in WWE. And the same people that loved him in AEW will now somehow hate him in WWE. Of course, it is what it is when it comes to tribalism. But, man, I just wish that people would enjoy the sport of professional wrestling for what it is and not have a tainted, tinted glasses on when they watch a particular company. So they're missing out on so much fantastic wrestling and entertainment and storylines just between all promotions. So I do think from a, a fan's perspective, I think it's a massive deal because now you're going to be counting down the days every single day until we get the next CM Punk update. Oh my God. Is he taking meetings with triple H or, you know, is he going back to WWE or has he been bought out of his contract in AEW? Uh, so I think we're going to see a, a ton of that uh, with that. But I do think it's a big deal to see him back. But I am glad that he is back. He looked absolutely happy to be there. Super emotional when he came out. So good for him. Good for him. Good for AEW. And everything we've heard, you know, things have been fantastic backstage over the last 30 days or so. So uh, let, let's keep that up for sure. He had a you know, great ovation coming back. He did. Absolutely he did. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you know, uh, it's interesting we talk about CM Punk going to WWE. Because um, I think I was talking to you guys privately about this. I remember two years ago, maybe three years ago, but two years ago at least, I wanted everybody in AEW. All right, I was looking forward to anybody I think getting we all out of the did, WWE right? contract yep. and going sure to <laughs> AEW, right? And it seemed like all the wrestlers wanted to go there, right? You see a lot of guys, you know, like Ali. You know, I don't know where he wanted to go, but we, we were assuming he wanted to go to AEW. So many, all the talent seems like seemed like they wanted to go to WWE. I'm sorry, AEW as well. But now, fast forward to modern times, it seemed like that's reverse, right? Now, right now, like for instance, like when when Paige or Soraya came back, I'm like, man, I would love for her to go back to WWE, right? When, when Renee came back, I'm like, man, I would actually prefer her to go back to WWE, and I just didn't have that mindset a couple of years ago, and it seems like a lot of talent now is, you know, in AEW, it, at least that's, that's the, the scuttle booty, right? The mm-hmm. scuttle booty is that mm-hmm. these guys want to go over to, uh, to, uh, to back to WWE. You got the Andrade is unhappy. Um, you know, uh, Malachi Black um, on, was, wanted to go back. Uh, Buddy wanted to go back. Um, all these guys want to go back to the to the company. So, I mean, my question to you guys is: Is the grass greener on the WWE side, or what's happening? And and we saw that House of Black promo video last night. They ain't going back. Uh, Tony was like, "Look, we putting this promo <laughs> video out. You guys are staying here." So, shout out to uh, the TK for saying, "No, nah, man, y'all here. <laughs> y'all go here." So, Ishan, to that question, I am so tired of the grass is greener, that proverbial phrase, the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where you water it. That's just how it is. Now, as far as a couple years ago, you're right, absolutely. How many times did we say, oh, man, I can't wait till that contract is up over there in WWE because they're going to be that person there in AEW. Um, So for me, I truly feel where the grass is greener, it really depends on the wrestler and what they want to achieve out of their career. You know, when I look at WWE, I look at um, a larger platform. There's no doubt about it. You know, more seasoned talent just all the way around. 
Um, but the problem with that is you can also get lost in the shuffle with that. You know, if you are someone who is just up and coming and you have those six, seven people that I mentioned before who's at the top, it's kind of hard to kind of break through and break away. But on AEW side, you know, you kind of have like the no script. So if you feel more comfortable with just going with it and, and not having to feel like you are completely scripted. Now, I don't know how much that is now with Triple H versus Vince, but I would still imagine that it's still some kind of baseline there of their scripts. And then with AEW, a lighter workload. Um, I don't think they do house shows. I might be wrong there, but I don't think they do house shows. But once again, you can get lost in the shuffle there with booking. Yeah, no, no house shows. So... I just really think it depends on the wrestler themselves, where they're at in their career and what their goals are. If they are somebody who want to shine bright, you know, it, they just have to take into that. As far as money, I don't really think that's a, uh, that's a factor. I think that money you can make on both AEW and WWE side. If I have to give the edge to it, I'm going to give the edge over to WWE just because now we have Triple H there at the top with that that pocketbook with that large grand scale and lastly again wrestlers i think and i'm not a wrestler but i think that they still feel that wwe is the big main major league so i think if i had to pick between the grass is greener which side i still think that maybe wwe have that that slight edge but it really just comes down to what they want in their career i think too you know the, the fun thing about that question is we could revisit that probably like every 60 days Right, because the answer was probably even different than what it was 45 days ago. There was a ton of issues backstage. I mean, hell, we heard AW held two meetings in like a span of 30 days with the talent. Uh, so there were some issues there, and I am sure there's still a ton of talent that are unhappy. Echon, you brought up Starks, right? Man, hello, we're waiting. Where are you? Please, like, let, let's get that guy going. There's a lot of guys that I'm sure is not, they're not happy with how much time they're not getting on TV. So they can look at that and say, man, I would love to go to WWE. It's funny because a year ago, I don't think there's anybody who would say, you know what? I want to go to WWE if they were in AEW. I do think that is flipped now. We know that WWE has a lot of the momentum right now. You look at the business that they're doing. You look at... Uh, just how much they've changed business practices there in WWE with the talent. Triple H, of course, having the book, him getting his team in there. We've heard nothing but fantastic, great news from behind the scenes in WWE. Around the same time where we started seeing a couple of these cracks in the foundation in AEW. Now, once again, you listen to what some of the talent saying over the last 30 days, and backstage has been much more professional. It's been a, a, a great place to come to work to. Now, that doesn't make a difference with TV time. I still think that Tony's got to figure out a good balance on, and I'm hoping, you guys know how I feel about Ring of Honor, on <laughs> AEW TV. I'm hoping when they get their own television clearance, we see this, of course, kind of subside a little bit. But, you know, you look at it, I think we had either two or three uh, ROH segments last night on Dynamite. That could have been the time for your Miros, for your Ricky Starks, you know, for some of the wrestlers that we haven't seen that we know can garner a lot of attention for the company, but they just don't have enough TV time. And the answer is not a third hour of Dynamite. The answer is not a second hour of Rampage. I don't want any of that. I, you know, I think they're, they're good right where they are with three hours total right now of TV wrestling time per week. Um, but like, like I said, I think it's a great question. I think it switches right now. Hey, you know, gun to my head, where is the grass greener at? I would probably have to say right now, this moment, if you're talent and say everybody's contracts up and you got a chance to go to one or the other, 
I think it, we would see more people go to WWE right now than pick to choose to go to AEW. But let's see what this looks like in 60 days or so, right? Let's let's revisit this every couple months and, and say, like, okay, where, where are we at? Because it could look completely different come Royal Rumble time. You guys remember last January, all hell broke loose around Royal Rumble time. Shane O'Mac came back, tried to change the, the finishes of, of the Rumble and who was getting <laughs> eliminated. That didn't go well. Vince said, hey, he would never be back here working again. Um, so <laughs> let's see how let's see how, how that works out. But, yeah, I, I would say right now I think WWE does have the momentum, and rightfully so. They're doing some great things. Uh, and one of them, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, if we're looking at just professional wrestling, Crown Jewel this Saturday could be good. If you look at personal beliefs and feelings, it could be a completely different thing. Uh, I do hope that, of course, I know they, they got over there yesterday. They're all safe and sound. Of course, the key is to get them back safe and sound. Looks like there are some personal things going on uh, in Saudi Arabia that, of course, we just kind of cross our fingers and make sure that the show goes off without a hitch and all the talent gets back to the United States with no issues on that. Um. Let's go into the thoughts and predictions for Crown Jewel. I'm going to be honest. I'm only confident in like three matches on this show, and not because I don't care. I think the show has an opportunity to be very good. I think there's two or three matches that should be lights out. That's going to be great. But I just can't call it. You know, if you, you know I'm going to try to pick who I think is going to win by using wrestling one-on-one logic. Uh, but I am sure I'm going to get butchered and destroyed. Uh, with some of these picks come Saturday afternoon when the show is over. So, of course, U.S. Uh, Eastern Time, it is noon, 11 a.m. Central, I believe, this Saturday on Peacock. Let's go right down the list, ladies and gentlemen. Women's Tag Team Championship. We have Asuka and Alexa Bliss, who are now the champions. They they beat Damage Control this past Monday uh, got the fireworks and got the pop and circumstance and everything. So very cool for Asuka and Alexa Bliss to come back and get those titles versus Damage Control in a rematch from this past Monday. Who do you think's winning? And kind of give me your thoughts on that. Okay. So I think I speak for a lot of people. I did not see that coming at all when they won the titles. I'm like, whoa, hold on, wait, just happened. Um, but now that they are the champions, I'm just from the school of I can't really, unless it's like an injury, I don't really agree with, nor do I come from the school of you win the championship this week and four days later, five days later, you drop it. So I'm going to go with damage control losing and Asuka and Alexa Bliss retaining. Okay. Mm. Well, so I, I just want to say one thing. This is the first crown jewel I've ever watched. Uh, I'm never going to make our show like a political thing. So I'm going to leave that there. Um, but I am very excited to actually watch this show. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm going to go out and say I think or I hope that Damage Control wins. I would like Alexa Bliss probably three or four years ago was one of the, I thought, one of the, the better characters in the women's division. I thought she was an outstanding heel. Um, I would like her to go back to, to being that because I feel like ever since she's been involved in this uh, specific feud that a lot of the shine has been off of her. And, that, and I think Bailey mentioned it at one point. So I'm hoping we see something with her um, in this specific match. Um, even Asuka in some ways, maybe one of the two because maybe both. Because I love to see Asuka as well going back to being that badass that she was in NXT um, you know, she, I think the, the comedy Asuka is entertaining. 
Um, I don't think she should entirely lose that whole persona, but I love to see her go back to being that that badass. But more importantly, for me, I, I love to see Alexa uh, Alexa going back to being not necessarily the goddess character, but going back to having more shine put on her. Um, but I do have one question in regards to damage control. I still feel like a lot of people are split on if they're working or not. Can they give those ladies a lot of spotlight on that show? Um, I think it's, I, for me, I like the three of them together. Um, I like Bailey as the mouthpiece. Um, but do you think that it's working for you guys? What do you, what do you guys think? Matt Rhodesia? Oh, I, I like damage control. I would agree that they are, um, getting a lot of time on television, but I think that is by design. And I like that because it's hopefully making people get invested in that group. And that's three people at one time. Um, but I, I like damage control quite a bit. I know that those are also Triple H's ladies. So, of course, he knows what they can do in the ring and what they have done before in NXT. So, again, he's going to let them shine as much as they can. But I like damage control. What about you, Matt? You know, I think it's, I think it's working. Um, if it wasn't working, we'd know. And I say that because this has been a thing since July 30th at SummerSlam. So we're in November, first week of November. And what I mean by we know, I'm talking no crowd, heat at all, you know, uh, ratings dropping on their segments. We're not seeing any of that. I, you know, if somebody wants to argue the point of, man, something's missing, okay, maybe we can argue, like, man, they're missing a little something. But, no, I, I think it's working for sure. Uh, so then with this match, Ishan, you are going with who? I'm going with damage control. You're going with damage control. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rhodesia, who are you going with? I'm going with Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Okay. So I am going to probably counteract what I'm going to say for the next match, which is the last woman standing match. <laughs> I got to go Alexa Asuka. If they were to win the belts on a Monday. Exactly. And then lose them on a Saturday. I'm not this person that believes that you got to have two year reigns or six months reigns to have the title not be a joke, but I would really question what was the point of Oscar and Alexa winning on Monday just to not even defend it once before they lose. So just off that alone, I'm going Oscar and Alexa, like I said, but I'm probably about to talk out of both sides of my mouth for this next match, which is the raw women's championship, Bianca Belair uh, versus Bailey in the last they say man. I think we got rid of the last woman. So now just last man standing match. Who do we have and why for this one? Okay, so this one I would have already said for sure. I know who I was going to um, go for. But, but when damage control <laughs> dropped the belts, I just I don't know. So I'm, I'm really along for the ride for this one. Um, I would have originally said that, you know, Bianca or that Bailey was going to win. Um, but when damage control dropped it, I was like, whoa, what's going to happen? Now, do I feel Bailey is a person who's going to take it from Bianca? I don't necessarily agree with that. So, or feel that that's the case. So just because of that, I'm going to go with Bianca retaining her women's championship in the last woman standing, last man standing match. Hey, you know what? Uh, before I answer that question, Matt, who, what you got, man? Let me see. Let me hear what you got cooking. I'm curious. <laughs> so, once again, this is wrestling one-on-one logic, okay? You do gimmick matches, 
to either protect the baby face, right? Or protect the big monster heel so they don't take a, a, a clean pinfall. So if you look at they're doing a last man standing match, Bailey doesn't need protecting. She can take a pinfall to Bianca. So when I look at that, I say, okay, that must mean that Bailey's gonna take the title from Bianca and Bianca's not getting pinned, right? We can get a smosh finish, damage control can be involved, whoever else can be involved. But the point is, Bianca just couldn't get the talent count of 10. Now she loses the belt. Reason why I say that I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, because I feel like damage control is either going to leave Saudi Arabia with all the belts or none of the belts. So I've already like discounted my first pick because I said Alexa and Oscar was going to uh, win. So at that point, I guess I'm going 50-50. But I do have Bailey winning just because of the uh, stipulation and knowing War Games is coming up next month. And we know it's going to be one men's War Games and it's going to be one uh, women's War Games match. There's no way in the world that Bianca, Damage Control, Asuka, Alexa is not involved in that. Maybe if we get Sasha and Naomi back, maybe they're also involved. Um, but that's kind of where I'm looking at for that. I agree. I do think where I thought damage control was leaving Saudi with all the belts. But when they dropped that earlier this week, that's when I said, okay, well, what I thought may not be the case. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to try to put one over in you guys. Cause like, here's the thing. I feel like it's easy to think, oh, they just won them. So they're not going to lose them. Maybe, maybe they will. Like I said, maybe we get a turn. Uh, they, they can set up a couple of different storyline things to kind of move those titles because I feel like at this point, sure, Bailey, can she get her heat back? Sure, but she's on a losing streak angle, and I feel like if she loses again, how does that continue the feud with Bianca? Um, so for me, I'm thinking Bailey wins. Uh, I'm not sure with some kind of interference or whatnot, but I'm thinking she wins, which will allow. The feud to continue with now Bianca chasing Bailey, um, and I'm thinking we're gonna go to uh, a clean sweep with the ladies all being champs, being champ champs, draped in gold, heading into the next PPV. Uh, so that's my prediction. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Bailey's gonna win, Bailey's gonna chase, and the ladies is gonna be draped in gold at the end of the night. So Bailey's winning and chasing. How is that? That's not what I said, sir. <laughs> you just said you said Bailey's gonna win and she's gonna chase. And typically, if you're chasing, you're chasing the champion. So you're saying like she's gonna win, but she's not winning well, the championship. First, first of all, I didn't say that, and you. This is not recorded, <laughs> so you can't prove that. Yeah, right. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> gonna hear this. Nobody's gonna hear it. <laughs> nope. Got it. So you got Bailey. All right, we're gonna run through this. The so two one. Baileys. Hey, look. This is one of the ones that I know for a fact. We got uh, the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Hey, God bless Butch and Rich Holland. Zero percent chance of beating the Usos. Uh, you guys all agree with this, correct? Zero percent. One thousand. <laughs> got it. All right, let's move on. Uh, Steel Cage match. This is another one. Pick them. Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. Pretty so what I'll you got admit, on this one? I'll admit, I'm a little disconnected on this one here. Um, I don't know if it's because they've been on SmackDown and my personal life, I've had some other stuff happening on Fridays. Um, but 
I really do think that Drew is going to win this time. I because of again, you got to look at the story that they're telling. Carrying one last time, Drew's going to win this time. Um, I, I I do. I think Drew is going to win. It is a still cage match. I don't think Scarlett is going to be able to to interfere in any kind of way. Hence the still cage. I'm going to go with Drew on this one. Okay. Hey, so uh, listeners, like, so the three of us intentionally don't talk about a lot of these results. We we try to save it for the pot, but I actually miss um, getting Matt's commentary on these kind of things. So Matt, go ahead and take it. I want to hear what you got to say, man. Man, I don't know. You so you look at Extreme Rules. Cross went Carrying over on, on yeah. Yep. Cross went over on McIntyre. Drew also lost to Roman. The clash at the castle. Yep. You say, yep. all right, it's time for Drew to, to get a big win. But man, how do you beat Carrion already? I'm going with Drew. I'm taking Drew because I'm like, can Drew afford to lose another match? I don't, I don't think, think so. he can. But once again, this is wrestling, right? Something can happen next Friday. He gets all his heat back. I get it. Um, I'm going with Drew because I think, once again, with it being a steel cage match, Cross can lose and we don't even remember it come Friday. If Drew loses, I think that hurts him more than Cross losing. So I'm going Drew. I'm going Drew as well. Um, I'm actually uh, going to piggyback on Rhodesia. I'm a little uh, – this this feud hasn't done it for me, which is um, mm-hmm. surprising because um, I think that Drew is on a heck of a run with the, with the Roman and at the castle. I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, I will maybe agree with some of the uh, uh, some of the fan perception that uh, something's missing from Carrion and Scarlet. It, it's just something hasn't hasn't hit me with those characters just yet. Um, and I think that Drew will win this, and they could potentially maybe do a third match, right? You know, Carrion won one, and now Drew wins another, and they're going to have. Uh, a a third match at another pay-per-view or live event to kind of even things out. And I think that Karrion's character can survive another loss. Um, I agree with you guys. I I don't think Drew can. I think he loses too much. And I feel like Drew, unfortunately, um, because of, you know, Roman, the Roman factor, um, you know, he hasn't won as much as he maybe should have. um, Because he has all the tools. He has to look. He's great in the ring. He's, He's good on the mic. He has all the tools you would want as a champion. Um, so I think that they should keep him strong as possible, um, for when the opportunity arises, we know, we believe he can win. So I'm going, uh, Drew, you know, what's funny. You made a comment about, uh, it's kind of maybe disconnected. Rodriguez, you kind of said the same. It feels like it's start and stop. I know it's not start and stop, but like one week Drew tries to kill him in a car accident, right? They're both off TV. So like there, there's no, um, that, that's an angle for sure, but there's nothing on television that we see kind of processing that angle further along. It's been like a lot of that, you know, that they, they burnt Drew's face uh, one week. Right. And so, yeah, I also think, and this is a conversation for another day. Ishan, you brought up, "Mm, maybe something isn't completely connecting with Karrion. Ishan, you brought up "Mm, some scuttlebutt. Maybe something isn't really connecting with damage control. That's two people on triple H's watch since he's been in head of creative spot. So once again, conversation for another day, that could be something to look at, to keep an eye on is, Hey, are there more people that there's a disconnect with, or there's more people that's getting over next one, the 
Match of the behemoths, the Giants. Big Braun Strowman versus Amos. I'm sorry. Um, this absolutely is going to be my bathroom break. Oof. Sorry. Oof. Sheesh. And I'm not even that person. And I don't even want to put that energy out there like that. Um, but for me, <laughs> first off, I'm sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> almost it is little flat. Yeah. At him. <laughs> Dude, I lost everything that was in me. Um, but I don't understand what's happening there outside of it being the battle of the, the super big guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost Matt, you and I have had this conversation before uh, as far as something missing is definitely something kind of missing there. Well, Almost, almost, almost. Um, but I have almost no, is almost there. <laughs> almost is almost there. I have really no um, connection engagement to this match at all. I, I, I hit you with the booze, but I mean more than the booze. It's actually kind of more like we probably all feel the same way. Uh, but it, it will be a, a spectacle match. So who are you going sure. with then? I put here, don't know. <laughs> I put here. It's, it's two. It's two huge men. Um, so let's again. Let's go with um, since he has MVP. Let's go with almost. Okay, I like that pick. Um, I'm gonna just go Ishan, and then you can go after me because you're probably gonna ask me again who I have. I, I have. I have the opposite. Once again, I'm going back to wrestling logic 101. I have Braun, and it's only because. This is Braun's first big match back. Do you have Braun Strowman lose his first big match back? Probably not. But at the same time, to your point, where these are like almost has MVP. He is now officially moved to SmackDown. So maybe this isn't their last match. Maybe we're putting way too much thought into this. And this is going to be like a five minute uh, just cluster F. And then they move on to Survivor Series. And we see how that plays out. But I do have, I got Braun Strowman going over in this match. See, look, I, I can't believe it. You guys don't understand and see what I see in this match. This is the next Hawk versus Andre. This is going to be a huge, awesome match. You guys don't see Andre's that? Andre's turning over in his grave. He is turning over in his grave on that one. This is ridiculous. I can't and believe Braun it. And Braun did no. say that. He, he did say something to that effect. Like, this is the biggest match since, like, Hogan Andre or... Good job, Brian. We appreciate oh, that. Yeah. But you're wrong, hey, sir. He, he was in Denver or Detroit smoking that good good when he came out with that <laughs> one. Look, look, and actually, man, I wasn't going to ask your opinion on that one because I don't care enough about this match to ask ding, anybody's ding, opinion ding. about this match. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, Rhodesia, Rhodesia mentioned going to the bathroom. I feel like that match is going to be a bathroom. I mean, I felt like that. Like, this is not going to be good. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm going to go with uh, Bron. I feel like, you know, there's more momentum and potential in in him. And, like, look, I think almost as a single competitor, it's not hitting right now. Even with MVP, I feel like he would be better off as suited as somebody's um, bodyguard or somebody's heavy at this at this moment right in time. Um, okay. I, the, the match quality in this one, man. Woo! Yeah. Let's go, let's go Brian. Let's get it over quick. Yeah. Keep it quick. Yep. Hard hitting. Like I said, we, we should get something cool out of it, right? This should be some type of feat of strength that, that'd be cool to see. Uh, like, like I said, keep it a, a spectacle. Let's keep it between that five, six minute mark. And we all go home happy. 
All right, our last three matches. Uh, the OC, which is AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Who you got? So this match is really only for bragging rights. Um, so I'm going to go with the momentum here, and I am going to go with the Judgment Day just because their evolution of Judgment Day, having Dominic turn on Rey Mysterio, all of that there, having Poppy being kind of that mastermind behind all of this. Um, and I also have to plug, if y'all saw that little um, video where she untied my man's shoe at a live event. <laughs> I think Fantastic. that was classic. Fantastic. <laughs> that was wonderful. But She's point so is, uh, I'm going with Judgment Day on this one just because of the momentum. Um, there. And plus, I think they lost their last big match that they had, too. So I'm going with Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Judgment Day on this one as well. Uh, I think they have a little bit more momentum um, as a group. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got on that one, guys. Shout out. This is the first one I think we all picked the same. I'm going Judgment Day. Um, the OC shouldn't really take a loss either. But, once again, uh, I just have the Judgment Day. Bigger question is, though, is Rey Mysterio a deadbeat dad? I kind of just well, thought about this. But who's really is Dominic's dad? <laughs> it's right. Look, hey, look, look, you, you were watching wrestling back in the day. We already gone through this. Okay. Eddie said it was his. It's not. It his. might be Eddie. It still right? might it's be not, Eddie's it's, kid. it's not Eddie. It is Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio would rather move. Actually, he, he, he wanted to quit. He tried to retire, but he would rather retire and move completely work nights than to beat his son's ass one good time. I think that's a deadbeat. We all know that person we've all come across and said, you know what? If he just took a good butt whooping, it'll get him straight in line. But Ray, Edge tried to tell him as such. Edge told him listen, as such. Right? Yeah. He didn't listen. So I think the bigger question of this is Ray Mysterio is a deadbeat dad. And he's, he's really, when you kind of look at this entire thing, raise the hill in this, Dom's the face. So that's, that's the sound clip for this week. Ray yeah, Mysterio, deadbeat dad. I would, I would, I would challenge anybody to come on the podcast, leave me a note on Twitter, in the comments on YouTube, on our podcast page, and tell me Ray Mysterio with the facts presented is not the hill in this entire situation. He absolutely is. So now you kind of look at that, and I need you guys to look at Judgment Day a little bit different. They're the faces in this entire thing. Child abuse is what we're advocating on this podcast. No, but 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 if had that been my child, he absolutely would have got his ass whooped. See? And there you go. Case in point, we wouldn't have any little doms running around here. That's for sure. Uh, now we get into the top two matches. These are the ones that I am super, super excited about. Let's start with Brock and Bobby Lashley. That is a big one. Uh, co-main event, in my opinion. Rhodesia, what you got? I truly feel like this is still the first clash. Just because how the first meeting at Royal Rumble kind of ended, I still feel that this is like a continuation from it, you know, for us who have been watching pro wrestling, knowing that, hey, they were also amateur wrestlers, kind of their story. And it took them what, roughly 20 years to kind of, you know, touch hands and kind of fight. And then what happened at Royal Rumble was unfortunate, of course, for, for Brock. But I feel like this is that continuation. So I'm really excited about this one. Um, for me, 
I do want to mention when Brock came out to the ring on Raw and called out Bobby because Bobby was backstage ready for his interview. I absolutely love the fact that Bobby was like, oh, no, hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. He's not going to do that. I'm coming out there and I'm fighting and I'm going to come. I'm not going to take it. And I absolutely love that exchange. I am for the ride on whoever wins in that case there. But again, just because Brock did lose. I'm that person there, you know, the first time we meet up like that, if Brock lost the first time, um, I'm going to say that he's going to win the second time. So I'm going with Brock Lesnar um, for winning that match there. All right. You know what? I actually forgot that, uh, that Brock lost that match to be honest with you. You were there, sir. You were, you were in attendance. Oh man. (laughs) We all were. Look, Come on, man. Wake up. Look, that was a long time ago, man. It's like that like three years ago. Look. Because the, the biggest thing I remember leading up into that feud was how disrespectful, you know, Brock Lesnar was yep. to, 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 to Bobby Lashley, right? It was just, it was just beyond disrespect, right? Like Bobby. They, they made, they, they, they booked it to where to Brock was the star and Bobby wasn't. He was the champion at the time. And then... As I remember, uh, it was like a fluky type win at the end of that one too. So uh, it, that's, that's probably why in, the, in my mind I, I felt like Brock won that match. So I was like, oh, Bobby needs to win this one. But um, I think some of the scuttle booty is that uh, on the internet about this one is that we're going to get a third match um, out of this or, or potential more matches out of, this, uh, out of this feud. So if that's the case, if we're going to get more matches, I guess Brock will have to win. And even if we don't, uh, get a third match anytime soon. I think it will make sense for. And here's the thing: I hate doing that. I hate to try to, to like try to decide who's going to win or lose based on like who are booking and that kind of thing. Right. I try right. not to do that because that's 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 not entertaining to me. So, but with the few, I'll, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that back. I'm jumping all over the place here. I think I want Bobby to win. I'm going Bobby Lashley all Bobby. day long. Spill one, two, three, everybody. Okay, so you want him to win. So is that who you think is going to win? I told you I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm. I'm going Bobby. I'm going Bobby. Okay, so so regardless, you're going Bobby. Got it. I'm going Brock. Um, and that was hard for me to pick Brock. I, my assumption is this is not the last match. It, the the feud. This feud's been really really good over the last few weeks. It, it, it's, this is not the time to cut it. But then I look and say, okay. If Brock goes on one of his long sabbaticals, which I don't think he will because we're coming into the, the Rumble and Mania season, and say, okay, man, imagine if he puts Bobby over. Oh, my God, what that does. And that's two in a row. So Bobby can just talk about how, Brock, you can't beat me. So, you know, Ishan, to your point about being a third match, I don't I don't think that makes this change. You can go 1-1 one, one, and then say, hey, here's the rubber match, or you can go Bobby wins two in a row and Brock can't beat Bobby. When have we ever kind of been able to say that about Brock? Brock can't beat somebody. Uh, but I am going to go with Brock just because I think that makes the most sense. But, boy, would I love to see Bobby beat Brock. And, like, what if he dominated Brock? Kind of like how Brock dominated Cena, Brock That's dominated Roman in, you know, Mania yeah. 31, I believe it was. You talk about, man, now we're talking about Bobby Lashley in a completely different light. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I do have Brock. Just because of the once again wrestling logic one on one, hey, you won in January. I get I get one right. back right now. 
But I think the they're time. so they're so they're so aligned. I'm sorry, Matt, but they yeah. they're so aligned as far as who they are. Maybe not the best on the mic, but specimens. Great pro wrestlers, great amateur wrestlers. I think that you know how everybody has a yin to the yang, their yeah. arch nemesis. I really think that in the most genuine, authentic form. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are each other's alter egos. They're each other's yin to the yang. And, that, and it's beautiful because I have been there following their whole career on the pro wrestling side. But I'm excited to see this. Sorry, you can go ahead no, now. No, absolutely. No, for sure. So that leads us to the main event. Um, let's do this one differently. Isha, I'm going to start with you. Sell me on Logan Paul beating Roman Reigns Saturday. Woo! Matt Rhodesia, can you imagine Twitter, social media exploding with a new world undisputed champion in Logan Paul? Can you imagine, can you imagine the, the, not only just the media, but the press on ESPN and all the major outlets, TMZ reporting a new champion and Logan Paul. Man, look, as far as you want to get some publicity on the company, you want to get some buzz for that company, having him as your champion. I mean, his, his videos on Twitter are, are some of WWE's highest viewed uh, videos, aren't they? I mean, so you think even if it's a short term, he, he is he is one of the biggest YouTube stars in the history of the platform. Absolutely. So you look, they will get millions of views and super buzz and interest on that product um, outside of wrestling. And that's the key. That's that's huge. That's huge to bring people back to the show. Being back to pro wrestling is actually having some of those casual viewers come back and check out what's going on. And it's a great time for them to do it. But with all that said. Ain't no way. Ain't no way Logan Paul is, is, is coming out of this. He is, there's no way he's going to end this, what, almost three-year title reign that Roman Two years. Yeah, two, two, two years, years plus. Yeah. Right. It, it's no way. We are on the road to WrestleMania, baby. Whoever is going to be at the end of that road is who Roman Reigns is going to be facing. You understand what I'm trying to say? So, yes, it's, it's, maybe it's going to be an entertaining match, but definitely Roman's coming out of that one. Okay, so – up until this, and I'm going to answer this question here. Up until this point, what I love about this crown jewel, and I know, Ishan, you had mentioned that you hadn't watched the other ones for particular reasons, which I could agree with you on there, too, as well. They, again, kept the integrity of the storylines in this crown jewel. Now, in the past, we've had some crown jewels that was just big names put together, dream matches put together. But I do feel like we kept the integrity of storylines here in this crown jewel. It was now, in a bubble, Roman right? Ray, like it was kind of like in a bubble. Like, all right, we, we put put this big show together, and then we never talk about the show ever again after exactly. it's over. Yep. yep, yep. It was just for it was just for 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 them, or it's just for that, and that's it. Now Roman versus Logan. Okay, so you have the biggest name in so, pro wrestling. Stop. Is this your sale that Logan Paul is going to beat the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns on Saturday? No, Logan Paul is not going to beat Roman Reigns at, oh, at Crown Jewel. You know what? Hey, you got to save it. I, I, only want, I only want the pitch that Logan Paul can beat Roman Reigns and why this Saturday. If you don't have that, we got to move on, Rudy. I'm sorry. So I, do I have to pitch something? If so, he has Shawn Michaels training him. There you Shawn go. Shawn Michaels on, is now. the dirtiest person. He knows how to win. Come on now. So Logan Paul has him in his corner. He's going to teach him all the dirty tricks from the baddest guy on the planet. So there you go. 
They, that's okay, I but that's that. not the, that's not gonna happen. Oh, it's not gonna happen. Let's either? go. It's not All gonna right. happen. So, so you got Roman Reigns, huh? I got Roman Reigns. <laughs> There's only one tribal chief higher than Roman Reigns. And I hope I am still crossing my fingers. We get that at Mania. Yeah, of course. There's no shot. Um, there's no shot. I, I I do think the match is going to be great. I now let's now all seriousness. Shawn Michaels has been training Logan Paul. Logan's already been the two matches he's had. He's super exceeded expectations. This is going to be no different. I cannot wait until the moment because they are selling this as it only takes one punch. I cannot wait for the moment in the match where he lands that punch on a Roman and we get the two point nine, 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 nine count from Roman where he kicks out right before three crowd goes crazy. Then we proceed to get the spear and uh, Superman punch and then it'd be over. But Jake Paul will be in attendance. So if you want it, some type of, Hey, there's a 1% chance Logan could win. Take the title on his YouTube show. One of the biggest stars. Got his brother there who just came off a big boxing victory against uh, Anderson Silva last week. Which is great. You got it there, right? But we know that's not happening. Head of the table is coming back and we'll be champion. All right. So we'll see, of course, here. Hopefully the majority of you guys have listened to this on Friday when this drops. Because the last 20 plus minutes or so will be all for nothing if you listen to it after Crown Drew. But hopefully we entertained you enough during that to where you still enjoyed listening to our banter back and forth. Last thing before we let you guys go, we are doing a special segment each and every week that is uh, just for our show, TFW, That's Freaking Wrestling. It is called the TFW Moment of the Week. It is that moment, it can be anything, that we look and we say, you know what, man, that's freaking wrestling. Uh, so let's kind of go around and give the moment. I'll kind of give mine first. Mine is actually from this past Monday. Speaking of Roman Reigns, I'm sure you guys all have seen it. If you have not, go on YouTube, go on social media. It is there. It is after uh, he cuts his promo with Paul Heyman in the ring and the Miz. He takes care of Miz. Then he goes and they're walking to the back. He cuts a 30-second impromptu promo heading to the backstage where he's talking right to the camera, which uh, I think there's some rumors that Vince years ago put an edict out that you could not talk to the camera. It's like people at home. They did it like one time with Drew uh, at the Mania where it was COVID, where he kind of said thank you to the to the the uh, the camera. After that, we never really got it. We really didn't get it before that. Roman, we know he has the clout to do kind of what he wants. And boy, you want to talk about selling a match. You want to talk about what professional wrestling is all about. Watch that thirty seconds and tell me you don't feel something when you see that promo. Uh, yeah, I, I even put it on Twitter. He has not raised his voice more than probably five times in the last two years. He raised his voice in that impromptu promo, and you walk away, you say, man, and that's how you do it. Anybody who still complains or does not think Roman is not the top of the food chain when it comes to the entire industry, watch that 30 seconds, and I am sure you will feel differently. So that is my TFW moment of the week. Rhodesia, what is yours? Okay, so bravo to whomever was responsible or whoever came up with the idea of showing fans in their costumes this last Monday for Halloween. It was so exciting to see these young kids and even some of the grownups in their costumes. It was just so amazing. Um, However, the most gratifying of them all was the very first one. And it was a little girl dressed up as Bianca Belair. 
And I don't want to get emotional on this podcast, but I'm going to just say that to be able to see that little girl dressed up as her her hero, Bianca Belair. When I first got into a, being a fan in pro wrestling, I guess, yeah, we had Jackie as a champion, um, as the first African-American champion. But that was a little right before my time. I got into wrestling around 90, the late 98, early 99. And to know that, hey, this is what we have. This is the this is what we can see as a hero. Oh, my God. It, it made me so emotional to see my TFW moment of the week is absolutely what they were able to show fans dressing up as their WWE superstars and mainly for Bianca Belair, because now I feel like we are advancing and that is something that is so special and important to me. Excellent. Loved it. Yeah. Of course I thought that was fantastic as well. Um, And it's so cool. It's something so small, right? I'm sure it didn't take them long at all to scour the internet and put those photos up. But you think about the feelings of the people that they highlighted just how they feel now, like, oh, my God, I was highlighted by WWE. And like I said, what does that do next year for, you know, wrestling costumes? You know, all it does is bring more to our community. So I, I love that one also. Ishan, what is yours, man? Oh, shucks. Rhodesia, you about to make me feel a certain type of way. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You got your boy over here. I'm about to try to hold back a little bit. But my moment of the weekend, I'm going to tie it into Friday was, in my opinion, one of the greatest wrestling segments that I've ever seen. Um, was the Bloodline segment with the entire crew on last Friday on SmackDown. My goodness, that was so entertaining. A proper plug, that's freaking wrestling. It just made me feel so good to watch the game. It was so entertaining. It was it was great seeing these guys laughing in the ring, right? It's like we're laughing with them. And it's just awesome. It's awesome performances all the way around. You look at you got Jay, who's this angry dude. And at this point, I don't know what he's even angry about right now, right? And then Sammy <laughs> is so likable, right? And it, 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 it seemed like an organic moment because, you know, Sammy and Jay, they're bickering back and forth. And then, you know, Sammy says, hey, the Tribal Chief wants us to get along. And Jay busts out, I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief wants. And at that moment, you go, oh, in the, in the crowd right. says, <laughs> like that, that's that moment, right? That's 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 that that's that. You know you messed up, right? You know yep. you messed up, right? And that's right. that look that Roman gave, and then Sammy being Sammy, right? Look, he ain't feeling oozy, and then everybody, no one can keep their composure, man. I watched that <laughs> segment probably three or four times. And I'm not a guy who likes reruns. I don't like watching the same thing over and over again. Like once I'm like a one or done guy, but I I watched that clip multiple times, three times on TV and probably multiple times during the week when I saw a clip of it on online, man, for me guys, that's effort wrestling. That's why I'm a fan. I love that moment. Love it, man. And it, that it was such a perfect segment. And you know, yeah, if, if we wanted to really get in the weeds, we can say, oh, well, that wasn't a good segment because, hey, they're supposed to be characters. They're supposed to stay in character. No, when, when it is something that good, and we are in on it because we're in on it. It's fantastic. But one thing I do want to say that we talked about um, on the last week's show surrounding Bray Wyatt. Hey, him going to WWE instead of AEW, how that return looked on WWE. And that's something that the production levels and probably capacity of AEW can't match yet. Same thing with that segment. 
when Jay said, I don't give a damn what he thinks, the way the camera Ooh. shot Roman and the way he looked into the camera was perfection. Absolute perfection. You wouldn't have got that same feeling any other company. Hell, you wouldn't even got that same feeling actually watching inside the arena. But but seeing that shot put it over the top. And then, of course, the OCPs and nobody could keep it together. Just seeing everybody in the ring laugh and seeing them still <laughs> try to get through it. It was it was fantastic. Once again, if you have not seen that segment, please go out of your way to find that. It is all over the place, too. But you are going to laugh hysterically at that segment. So really good stuff, guys. Overall, fantastic episode of TFW. Uh, so real quick, couple of plugs we do have uh, for the podcast. Please subscribe. Okay, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Give us a follow on Twitter, as we said earlier. That's FNW. Also, to subscribe to our YouTube at That's Freaking Wrestling. Uh, you'll find video clips from the pod on there as well. Also, let us know your thoughts. Uh, kind of what we talked about today. Hey, where do you think right now the grass is greener? Currently, WWE or AEW and the Cole Cabana CM Punk piece. Big deal? Little deal? No deal. Let us know, and uh, we will be sure to read them and uh, enjoy them. All right, so uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Also want to apologize to MJF for what Rudy just said about you last week in episode one. Our apologies for that. Thank you, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>